Greetings, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Greetings, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive, and the one who will be within you, you will call Jesus. He will be very great. I know you're asking, how can this happen? Well, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For God's word will never fail. I read this and I, uh, I wept. For God's word will never fail. His spirit will overpower us. I feel like every inter-question and every inter-dialogue with how can it happen, God answers in this little paragraph. I'm going to take you into it here in just a minute. Can we pray? We'll get started. Lord, Jesus, help. Amen. Thanks for coming. Uh, last week was, oh, we're not, we haven't texted in yet. If you can get out your cell phones, that'd be great. Uh, this is how we do attendance. If you've never been here before, we encourage you to text in, and then someone will reply to you. Uh, with a text message saying welcome, and uh, you'll have a little conversation there. 777-3520, and the keyword today is pain. Uh, it's a crazy title of a message, right? Pain. Um, but the Lord gave it to me, and I think it's for you. 777 hmm. Um. So uh, this, man, I love my church. I love, I love, I love my church. There's so many things this week that has made me so... Just, I, I love people here. Uh, I'm a people person, and I love seeing what God's doing in so many people's lives. And last week was a, was a really fun service for me. The first service, uh, if you missed last week's sermon in the first service, I honestly think it was one of my favorite messages that the Lord's ever given me in my history of my life. And uh, there's hundreds of messages that I've done, and I think it's really good. You want to listen to that? Uh, and, uh, but we packed the house and it was so cool to see the little ones up here. And it just reminded me that our church is, is growing and vibrant and we have people standing all along the back wall and chairs up everywhere. It was like, man, it was just great. And Mia stole the show, man. She was up here just dancing her little heart out, man. Was, I'm weeping in the front row and kids playing like, what's going on? It's not coming everywhere. Anyways, uh, uh, we're in a series right now called God with us. And uh, I want you to know that, that this series kind of came with, uh, with the, under the pretense that any time that someone has an idea, um, there's a process to the way an idea comes to pass. And, and God had a plan, uh, and his plan was that he wanted to bring Jesus to us. And that, that unfolds in a process. It started with an idea. Um, and then there's a journey, the, the, the way that the process happens, there's, there could be pain in this process, uh, but then you'll ultimately see the, the promise. And what I mean by that is that in all of our lives, we have ideas, uh, and then the way the ideas happen, it, it starts with a dream, and then there's the journey. Oftentimes there's pain in that process, and then you may see the fulfillment of that promise. And so in this series, we've, we've I think it's actually been a really fun series for me, uh, we started off by talking about the dream and the dream that God gave Joseph when he said, hey, look, you're going to be married. And uh, he's, he's getting excited. He's, he's, he's engaged. They're about to get married. And then all of a sudden he finds out that this woman he's engaged to 
is already pregnant. And you kind of feel like, man, is this a trap? Like, what just happened? And I don't know if you can imagine the conversation, but someone probably sucked the wind out of Joseph. And I've probably been in moments like that, and probably you have too, where you had a dream, and all of a sudden your reality didn't match the dream that you felt like God gave you, and you kind of felt like you were duped, you know? Like, how do I get out of this situation? This is not fair uh, and yet God did a miracle in the midst of his reality, not l- matching the dream that God put in his heart. Uh, then last week we, we talked, it was really cool. We only did it in the first service, uh, but we talked about the journey and how the journey is really funny for a lot of us because once we get a dream, we have an idea, we all know that it's supposed to happen this way to this way. And we talked about how oftentimes if we're traveling, we are going to go from point A to point B. We know the way we're going to go there. Uh, but if what happens in, in any relationship, you've decided to bring someone else in on this journey that you're in, and now you don't get to make all the decisions on everything that happens. And so what happens is if you let someone else drive, oftentimes they're going to take a different direction. They're going to take a different turn. And you're always going to want to know, where are, we, where are we going? How are we getting there? How much money is it going to cost? What's it going to, when are we going to, and all these questions that we ask. And then when people start driving and going in different directions, it doesn't make sense. And this is our relationship with God. We are on a journey. And sometimes he has taken us down roads that we didn't expect because mentally some of us think, well, the process is supposed to be from point A directly to point B. But oftentimes God will take you to school to, use a, to get a degree that you may never use. He may line you up with the friends that you only need for a certain season or you have to go there, you have to get here, you have to have this job, you have to go through this heartache. And the, the process doesn't make sense for people that have linear thinking, you know? And we talked about the journey and how it can be a zigzag. And if we're not cooperating with God, oftentimes we could start back from point A and do the track all over again, you know? And so uh, we just talking about this journey that we're on. And this week, I'm going to talk about the pain to find the promise. God had a plan. God with us. God with you. God with me. God with us. Emmanuel. I'm going to take you into Luke here real quick, and I'm going to read uh, several different verses. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 28, Gabriel appeared to Mary, and he said to her, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive, and you will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you with power from the Most High, will overshadow you, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May whatever you have said about me come true. And uh, man, this, this just passage and kind of the way some of the things the Lord showed me from here, I think is kind of funny Um, because I believe that many of you have different dreams in your life. Some of them may be spiritual, some of them may be practical, some of them may be uh, financial, some of them, all all different scenarios. And I believe that all, all these dreams that you have will have a dream, you'll have a journey, you'll have some pain in that process, and then you may see the promise if you can maintain heart. Next week, we're going to talk about promise. So this week, I want to talk about the pain and the pain that you're going through in your life. If we look at Mary and her life, As God impregnated her with a promise, that promise was not for her, it was for all men. 
Um, but what's really f- crazy is that in that scenario, if I don't know if you, uh, way your mind works, but the way my mind works is I would expect that if I'm a girl or I'm a guy, I don't know, I mean, this is a, it was a miracle scenario, all right? So let's just say that I get pregnant. I would expect that there'd be no pain, no discomfort at all because it's God's baby living inside me. Like this should be easy, but I don't think that it was easy. And in fact, if you read the story, there's, you know, I, I, I joked about it last week with the journey on the donkey for 40 miles, which would take five or six days riding on a donkey. Like this is the most uncomfortable thing in the whole world to begin with. And yet they get to where they're going and they don't even have a place to have the baby. Like, Joseph, what do you mean? You forgot the hotel? You didn't make reservations. Like, you idiot. You know, can you imagine the conversation that's going on and the pain involved in the process? And then Mary has to go through labor. And I'm thinking about the things and the pains that happens for a woman that, that may carry. Uh, and I believe that there's a few pains, there's multiple pains, probably most of them is the, is the husband. Uh, but um, I, I thought of uh, the first pain that uh, every woman, I believe, uh, goes through is the hunger pains. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's really funny. I talk to a lot of women that, that, that carry, and uh, they talk about how they crave milkshakes or ice cream or they, they want uh, tuna fish or something just, you know, outlandish. Uh, but I remember my wife and uh, our relationship, at 2 o'clock in the morning, the, the hunger pains that she had in all three of our kids was very different than probably what most of you would expect. But my wife would wake me up to say, hey, babe, I love you. I'm hungry for some Tums. I want Tums right now. You have to go to the store right now and go buy Tums, the little disgusting little pills for heartburn. And uh, that's, I mean, she, we bought big bottles of them, man. And she would polish these things off like crazy because she had so much heartburn and all these things. But, uh, and I, so anyways, hunger pains is something that I believe every woman went through. Uh, and I believe that uh, every woman is going to go through growing pains in this scenario. And I believe that every woman is going to go through labor pains in this scenario. And so we're going to talk about these three scenarios as it, as it uh, would relate to us because I don't know if you realize it, but what God did in Mary is a type of what God wants to do in the body of Christ. What I mean by that is that whether or not you feel comfortable with this idea or this image, uh, God has put his son in you in the same way. And I can hear the same conversation that Mary's having. Hey, greetings, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. And many of us in that scenario would kind of freak out and go, yeah, I know, but I don't really deserve this, you know? And he says, hey, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read it to you again. Greetings, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Confused. Mary tried to think of what the angel can mean. What do you mean the Lord's with me, you know? Well, uh, don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Imagine this. God's telling you right now that you're carrying the Son of God everywhere you go. You found favor with the Lord. And, and you will conceive and you will call the one inside of you, Jesus, and he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And he just said, how in the world can this happen? Uh, I'm, I'm a dude. I'm a, I'm a person. I, I, I don't, I'm not good enough. I don't, I'm not smart enough. I, someone else would be better. Not me. But the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and Jesus is going to live inside of you. And he's going to overpower you with the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. 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 For the word of God will never fail. I love this. For the word of God will never fail. For the word of God will never fail. For the word of God will never fail. I am the Lord's servant. 
And that's her response. And I think that that's why God picked her ultimately, because she was willing to make herself available to whatever God was going to do in her life. And uh, here I am right now in this season, and I... <clears throat> Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the scripture says it this way, for the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They will, she will conceive and God will be with us. You will conceive and God will be with us. Today, I believe that God came because God lives in me. And because God lives in me, God is with us. And I believe that because God lives in, in Josh and because God lives in Jess and because God lives in, like, he, he's with us because he's in you. And what I need to do as a pastor is help you to understand today that God wants to live in you to do exceedingly great things and that he will be great, the verse says. He will be great in you. Yet there's pain. And I'm going to take you into some of these things. But I, before I, I move forward, I have to make sure you understand that it's actually a very biblical scenario that you would understand that God will live in you. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul said this. For he said, for I am I'm crucified with Christ. I've given my life to him. Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I that live, but Christ Jesus, he lives in me. And the faith that I have now, I live by but Christ, he lives in me. And the life that I live, I live in the body for the... Oh my gosh, this is not this. Okay, here we go. For I am crucified with Christ, never not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live now, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. That you have to understand that Christ lives in you. Everyone say, Christ in me. Christ in me. The scripture says this is the hope of glory, Christ in me. Right? And if you get this, um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You, your, your body is the temple to where God lives. This is not the church. You are. I am. We are. That's why we have church when we come together, because God lives in you. And this is so important because anyone, mm, I, I love the verse that says, greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. We have to come under the understanding that there's someone else also that wants to take residence inside of you. If we don't get this, it affects everything else. Why? Because if a mom is going to be pregnant, and she doesn't live in such a way that helps it, what's inside of her grow and develop. This becomes a problem. And this becomes a problem in the body of Christ. When Christ is trying to live in you, and you're trying to live like it has to happen in your pastor. Or, or it has to happen in your church. And this is not it. No, we need to take ownership that Christ is in you. And he's in me. And when I do this and now I'm cultivating these things, he's going to develop. Check this out. So Mary had to have hunger pains. This is my first point today. What you feed will grow and what you starve will die. Well, and I think about that in every practical thing, in any relationship that we have. Let's think about it. If, if we had a relationship um, where, uh, I, 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 okay, I, God, I love you. I want to know you. I want you to move in my life. I, I want to know you more. Uh, teach me your ways. But I, yet I only talk to you once 
a week, the relationship isn't going to excel. The same way if I only communicated with my bride once a week or, or my friend once a week, we're not, we're not going to develop our relationship very well if we're only communicating once a week. What you feed will grow, what you starve will die. If we, as humans, only ate once a week, we would not be very nourished. And so if, if you understand that there's something inside of you growing and you have to feed it and you have to give it what it wants. That's why women get these weird crazings, you know, like my mom used to say when she was pregnant with me that she loved liver and onions. I don't like any one of those things. She said, but that was what she, that's what she needed when she was pregnant. I don't understand. That's crazy. But you got to give him what he wants and what he wants, whether or not you understand this is the word. If you feed it, it will grow. If you starve it, it will die. And some of us have said, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Listen, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said this. He said, man shall live by bread alone, not, not, not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What we really need is soul food. He, he's saying that what we shall live by the word of God. We have to eat these things. I believe this wholeheartedly. I love, there's so many things that's happening in my church and I'm loving all the testimonies that's coming in right now, talking about people that are growing and they're growing and they're growing because people are getting a hunger for God's word. Like I've never seen in this church before. I love it. You cannot grow without reading your Bible. It's, it's impossible. In fact, I know people that want to love God and what they love is the idea of loving God. What they love is church. What they love is people. But if you want to cultivate your relationship with God, this is where he says, you want to learn about me? I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you. Hey, you want to, you want to see who you are? I'm, I'm going to read it to you. Hey, you want to see what your potential is? I'm going to read it to you. Hey, you want to see what you're capable of? I'm going to read it to you. Hey, you want to see where, what, what we, where we're going to go today and you want wisdom for your job and wisdom for your career and wisdom for your life? I'm, I'm going to read it to you. This is how we learn how, who Jesus is and how we grow in him. There's, there's no other way. Stephen Furtick is maybe a decent preacher, but I promise you're not going to learn Jesus through someone else's experience. The Bible is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It's alive and it's weird because it's the only book that actually speaks to your soul. Like it directs you and it will show you your life and how, which way you go. This, you have hunger pains. And what, you know what I've learned is that there are people that when you stop eating, those, like when, I, when we, we do a fast, we're doing a fast next year uh, on, on the 7th, and we'll do it for 21 days. After I get through like the fourth day of not eating, it's funny, I'm not hungry anymore. I miss eating because I, I like, eat, I enjoy like double stuffed Oreo cookies. You know, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy these things, but it's always Oreos. It's always Oreos. Always, is there anything else? If I could make it one of the four food groups, I'd do it, but for some reason it doesn't fit in there. But, um, I um I don't know where I was going. You lost me. You lost me at Oreos, yeah. I I know that there's hunger pains, but when you stop eating, oftentimes your brain will forget that it's hungry. And when that's happening, your body is dying. It's decomposing. And this, the relationship inside of the relationship you have with your friend, when you stop communicating, you don't realize it, but it's dying. And we have to cultivate the hunger pains that's inside of us because God had a plan. God with us. And whether you realize it or not, when, when you heard Jesus loves you, you became part of that plan. 
that you are going to carry Jesus. The second point today is, is the growing pains. Man, I love this. Uh, remember the old show back in the day? It was Tom Seeger or whatever. I don't know who the name's guy's name. I made that up, but I think it was Tom something. And uh, Growing Pains was, uh, was a cool show for me when I was like four. Some of you guys are older than me. And... Yeah. Okay, here we go. And so, um, so the, there's growing pains that happen in everyone. And I was thinking about some of the growing pains my wife had. And I remember when we had our first kid. Uh, how she, she couldn't sleep at night. You know, she just couldn't sleep, and it was because she was growing. And I remember that we had to buy this one pillow. And it, there was one pillow. No other pillow would work. This was the pillow that was going to change everything. And, uh, and there's growing pains that happened and everything, and we went and bought this stupid pillow. And it, for some reason, you can't find it anywhere less than $85. I mean, it's just... Really? Is a pillow ever worth that much money? Yes. Yes, it is. Listen, you get that pillow. Whatever it costs, you pay the price, you know. And so uh, it helped her sleep a little bit at night. But I realized in in the process of of your life, there will be growing pains. In your business, at your job, in your relationship, there's going to be growing pains. Where the things that used to work don't, the rules that used to work don't apply anymore. In a relationship. The, the places you used to go to be romantic, it doesn't work anymore. There's, there's new levels and new understandings that you have to understand. I mean, it just, it comes that way. Let me read you a verse here I thought was pretty cool. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 through 24. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but everything is not good for you. So you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. And here's the difference when you enter into relationship. When you enter into relationship, yes, you were allowed to do things before that was good for you. You were allowed to hang out until three o'clock in the morning. You were allowed to go wherever you want it and whenever you want it. But now you've entered into, into a relationship of any kind. And now those same things that you were allowed to do don't benefit us. And so you, you, you can't just drink whatever, as much as you want, as, whatever you want. That doesn't benefit us in a relationship, in a marriage, or in a friendship. You can't just eat whatever you want once you get to a certain level in life or an age in life because it doesn't benefit us. I'm glad you like double stuffed Oreos, but it's not healthy for us when you eat that because I'm afraid you're going to die, Jack. So we got to make some changes. There's growing pains that happen in life, in your business, in your career right now. There's things that we used to do that don't work anymore. I know there's a lot of teachers in this room, and a big part of your life is at work is like, hey, look, I want to have breakthrough with my students. Well, you can't just do the same things that you've always done. There's growing pains. The kids have learned who you are, and now if you're going to reach them in a new way, you're going to have to come up with some new ideas. Take them outside or have some illustrations or go on a walk or you do something different, but there's growing pains in every relationship that you have, and there is growing pains in your relationship with Christ. And if you miss it, you miss it, and it's unhealthy. It's, it's not good for us. And I love what he says, but don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Like, what is he wanting in you that he's wanting you to do now that you hasn't been part of your life for years? What does growth look like at your next level? How do you develop spiritually? What if you took six minutes out of your schedule and set an alarm on your phone that you actually developed a prayer life when your alarm went off and said, God, I'm going to pray for four and a half minutes today. And you say, well, someone will say, well, that's not a big deal. It is to someone who doesn't have a prayer life. 
That's a beautiful thing. That's growth. And we want to grow on that. But you've got to start somewhere. If you're going to choose to carry Jesus, which is God's plan for you, is that he would live in you the hope of glory, you're going to have growing pains. And this is going to happen at work, in your career, in your life, in your relationships with everyone. Otherwise, you're going to stay a juvenile for the rest of your life. You've got to grow up. You've got to grow up. You've got to grow up. Cool. Uh, is this kind of good so far? All right, here, here. I feel like I'm saying all of it to get to this part. Point number three is the labor pains. I, um, I don't think that the Mary cared much about the hunger pains, and I don't think she cared much about the growing pains. But the labor pains is real. And I believe that the labor pains in a lot of ways are prophetic to what you're going through in your life. And some of us have some massive pain that's happening in our life. And what happens when pain goes off is nothing else matters when there's pain. There is nothing else existing in our life. When pain is happening, when, you, when you're walking through your house and you've got food cooking, turkeys roasting and steak and something like that, and you stub your toe, you don't care no more about turkey, steak, corn on the cob, television, air conditioning, pools, nothing. Nothing matters when you stub your toe. The only thing that matters is, you know, and, and it's real. Uh, pain is real. Pain in a lot of different ways is real. And I want you to know that on the journey to anything that's good in life, you're going to have real pain. You want to get married? I want you to know, yes, it's a beautiful thing. Glorious. And if you're doing it right, it's going to look just like the relationship with Jesus and his church. However, Jesus and his church isn't always beautiful. I've been to some churches. I can tell you right now. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, that was a bad joke. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but what I mean is there are, are dark moments in relationships where it's painful. And you don't know how to get through it. There are dark moments in your careers. Teachers. You're going through hell with your students, like leaving the job that you signed up for, like that you were passionate about, and you're going home crying, like, why am I doing this? I don't like this. This is hard for me. Everything is just not easy right now. It's painful. I don't want to do it anymore. And there are a lot of people, like women, going through labor, like, I, I will stop, you know what I mean? Like, can someone get me the epidural, please, like, uh, to make the pain go away, Jack. And you, okay, that was, I thought that was cute. Um, <laughs> But there is no epidural for Mary, you know? And in your scenario, like, you're going to have to go through this whether you realize it or not. And it's good for you to go through some of these things. Because let me ask you, if you really had a dream, does any pain really matter in light of the promise? Like, I'll take it on. I want the promise. It's so worth it. Whatever, I go, whatever hell I got to go through, it's worth it when I receive. And I know that right now in this season, Christmas season is hard for some people. There are some people that want a lot of things that they can't have. Promotion, relationship. They, they want someone back on earth. They want someone on earth. They, they, want, they want companionship, friendship. They want out of the depression that they're in and they can't see. And it seems like pain just takes over. But I, I believe in a very prophetic scenario, 
that pain always happens before the promise. And the difference is the people that get through the pain faster are people that understand how to live with expectation. It's because I know that the pain I'm going through, there's, there's expectation on the other side. You know, it's funny. You see any woman who's walking around and she's pregnant and she's, you know, six months to like 10 months and they're just having a hard time. And you just look at me and go, ah, ah, when's the baby due? You know, I'm expecting any, you know, I'm, I'm just expecting. That's what they say. I'm expecting. I'm expecting because it's like it's a hard season right now. And what happens in the body of Christ when we stop expecting? Oh, it's terrible. It's the worst because everything we're going through is because we have sight, we have faith, we have promise, we have hope. We have something that we desire to take happens and anything that happens along the way is just feeding that desire that is coming. Like this is all good for me and for everyone else that's with me. And so I know that there's some people right now that you're living in a moment or in a season of pain. And pain is more difficult when you lose sight of the promise. Because you just feel like it's not going to stop. There's no end. And that's because you don't see the promise. Let me read you a verse here I think is really fantastic. It's in John chapter 16, verses 20 through 22. Jesus said this. He says, I tell you the truth. You will weep and you will mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve... But your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering from pains of labor. When a child is born, her anguish gives away to joy because she has brought a new baby into this world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. And then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. Man, doesn't Jesus just say it best? I don't know where you're at today in any arena of my life, but I have learned with absolute certainty that Jesus is our answer. When, I, when, I, when there's someone that's with me that I love and I don't see them anymore, there is, no one else, there is no other hope but Jesus. If you're in a dark season and you're alone, there is no other hope but Jesus because he's the only one that has promised to be with me. There is no one else that can get me through the season that I'm going. There is no one else that will be faithful and commit to me. Jesus is the hope for everything that I'm going through. And I just want you to know that there is a promise for you. For some of you, it will be salvation. For some of you, it will be deliverance. For some of you, it, it will be financial provision. For some of you, it will be relational. For some, there is a promise, and, and, and that promise is always Jesus. And it'll be hard for you to see that right now, but oh man, if, if, you, if, you, if, you'll, if you'll set your, your face to the Lord, you'll discover the richness of Jesus. I've done it so many times in my life. I'm working towards a close right now. This is um, something I... So what does all this mean? Well, I, I think um, it's important for you to know this. Let's imply that God does live in you. And this is the hope of Jesus, is that God would live inside of you. I want you to know this. Some of us have the wrong mindset about Christianity as a whole. 
And, and it's not wrong, but it can be corrected. And here's what I mean. God did everything so that he can come to you and be in you. But just like anyone whom, whom is carrying and expecting a baby, it's not about, their dream is not that they would carry the baby, it's that they would have the baby. And so I, I want you to carry Jesus, but I want you to see the promise of Jesus through your life. I want you to have experiences where other people run into you and they go, man, that guy is awesome. That person is awesome. They changed my life. And it wasn't you, but you allowed Jesus to live through you in such a way that it altered someone else's life. If you're in a season of pain right now, and maybe it's the enemy and I don't know what's done it or what's causing it, but I would, I want to challenge you to do two things. One, look for opportunity. Look for opportunity to find a way to release Jesus through your life. What I love right now, I love, there's so many things about our church that I think is so awesome. The people that come and set up and serve, and there's so much buy-in right now in our church where people are like, man, this is not the church that I go to, but this is my church, and I'm going to make it better, and I'm, I'm, I'm all in, and what can I do to help? And people are just jumping in and helping, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I love that tomorrow we... We asked you guys to help us donate stuff for folks that are without clothes. I mean, and we've asked you guys to donate stuff over the years. We've built two orphanages. Remember the time we collected shoes? We had hundreds of shoes here. It was awesome. We had so much stuff turned in for the homeless this week. It was unbelievable. We loaded my truck down to move it over to the MPB because there wasn't enough room in the back of the church to hold all this crap. And we have to find a way to give it away tomorrow. Brand new boots. Brand new jackets, brand new clothes, brand new blankets, like lots of them. I think this church is awesome. If you're in a dark season right now, start expecting God to do something through you this Christmas. This is the darkest season in someone else's life. And the greatest way for you to do something great is let Jesus move through you. Recognize that there could be other people struggling with depression or loneliness or heartache or financial loss. And you might be the, re the person where God can tap you on the shoulder and say, that person right there. And then Jesus moves through you in such a way that you get to be the answer that someone else has been praying for. Is there anything greater than that in all of our life is when God uses us and makes us greater than we really are? That's it. Look for an opportunity. We have another opportunity we're doing on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day where everyone gets the day off of work except for first responders that literally put their life on the line every day. We're going to go out Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and we're going to take cookies to some of these people and let them know that this church values their service. Like, let me just face it, if first responders, I might have a bad day at work, but it will never compare to a bad day at work that some of these guys go through. The stuff that they see... Nope, I don't want that call. We're going to go and bless them and let them know that there's a church that's praying for them and is thankful that every time there's a crisis, the first people we will pray for is first responders. I'm so grateful that they're the first on the scene. And you get to be helped with that, letting them know, man, some of those people, they, they go home and they carry some of this stuff with them into their marriage. And we want them to, we, we, we take it off them. So they go home with a clean conscience. Look for an opportunity. And the second thing is, Come with an expectation. Anyone who's carrying knows the date and knows the time. Anyone. They're counting down the days from the moment they get pregnant. 
Oh, it's going to be in six, six and a half months and 23 days. I mean, blah, 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 God, because there's expectation. And that's one of the things that's lo- being lost in the body of Christ today that I'm, I'm hoping that our church is fantastic at. That we expect God to do great things through us, in our church, in our families, in our lives, at our jobs. I mean, it's not even fair. We have an unfair advantage to everyone in this world that God lives in us. And we go to work and get to live with the wisdom of Christ. That's, that's thinking awesome. We should be the most creative, beautiful, fun, energetic, joyful people on the planet because we know the hope. I have to bring this to a close right now. Can you come? Yeah, great. I... Uh, I say all that because uh, I all this because I know that there is real pain happening in our lives, and if we're not careful, we can lose sight of why we're going through the pains that we're going through. We chose this relationship or this career, and so the pains that we have to go through are worth it because of the promise. God, I'm thankful that you found favor on my life. I'm thankful that you have blessed me with your grace and you have changed my life. I am not the same person today that I was years ago. And you have done great things in me. You've been faithful. And I don't deserve to carry you, but I want to. I want you to live in me in such a way that you can live through me, that other people would know your goodness the same way that I've experienced your goodness, that you would use me to be the person in someone's life that they are longing to find. People are going to sleep tonight with their head on their pillow crying, looking for hope. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will make me that hope. You will make us that hope. You will make this church a hope. I'm expecting you to do a miracle in my life and I'm looking for an opportunity.